Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. Uh, I'm Seth McCarroll from Old Blood. I'm Brady Smith from Old Blood Noise Endeavors. And I'm Dan Pihacek, also from there. I was kind of hoping that uh, Seth would say uh, Old Blood and that Brady would say Old Blood Noise and that Dan would say Old Blood Noise Endeavors. Because I for yeah. a second thought that's what was going to happen. I, I was about to do it and then and then Brady added Endeavors and I panicked. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry. Can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, cheerleaders on three. <laughs> One, two. Old? Or do blood? Bl- old Blood? blood. Noise. Noise. Endeavors. Endeavors. Yay. <laughs> we're off to a we're off to a strong start, gentlemen. Sorry. O L D B L O D. Dumb name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where did that name come from? Uh, well, so um, you we, got it. Sure. We I don't know. We spent a lot of time uh, kind of gearing up to starting the business, Brady and I spent a lot of time writing on bar napkins and trying to figure out what to call it. And, you know, I don't know, we came up with Old Blood as kind of just like a tongue-in-cheek. We're starting to feel older. We're feeling much older now. But um, And then noise is something we've always enjoyed making and, and <clears throat> been enjoyed in being involved in facilitating other people making noise. And then I think that I, we, we attached endeavors in case we uh, ever wanted to do more than just make pedals or explore more than that, which we, we seem to do. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it's kind of like for me in terms of like branding, it's something that can be pared down to OB&E, which is still easy to say. Um, so yeah. I think nice. it, yeah, it's just kind of a it was a fun branding experiment that's been cool to watch unfold over the years. Awesome. Yeah. So um for everyone listening, we're gonna get really into depth with uh Brady, Seth, and Dan uh during this podcast. But first, like I kinda wanna talk to Andrew about something that Andrew has going on this past uh, couple weeks. Aw. Yeah. I did something. Jaw. Jaw. I did do something. What do you want to know about it? Well, just tell, just tell people what it is, <laughs> what it, what it, what it is, what it shall be. Oh, I'm being put on the spot and I'm all bashful now. Um, all right. Wait, well, don't, don't, I'm sorry. Don't act like you haven't been waiting for this moment to talk about your launch with Squatch. Uh, no, I'm not at all like Phil Collins. Been waiting for this moment all my life. Uh, no, I, I've been actually working on this for a little bit, and I'm super stoked. Um, so it's been announced uh, for a little over a week now, but I did a collaboration with Squatch, uh, which is part of the larger family of Sinusoid brands, which is based out of here in Seattle. Uh, and I did that this collaboration with my brand, Fox Cairo Pedal Toppers. So super excited to see that finally launch. Uh, it's been nothing but fun to work with Andy and Albie and James and Sean and everybody else. Uh, Anthony, everybody else over at uh, at Sinusoid, super rad folks, and this has been a super fun project. So uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, and if it hasn't sold out by the time this episode launches, uh, go check it out. It's like 25 bucks for a pedal topper. It's got really cool prints on it. Uh, they are all grip tape. They are all glow in the dark. They're all super rad, and you get to support me. You get to support the folks over at Sinusoid Brands, and yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have one of your pedal toppers and I, 
I love it. I love the reaction it gets from people. I love that it glows in the dark. Because um, I actually use it uh, on all my Sunday Crush shows versus turning down. Because just because it's easier. It's easier uh, to do uh, that than turn down my guitar. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah. So... And, uh, mine, it's, and mine's a really funny tongue-in-cheek thing that I know you're never going to make again. But So I'm glad I have it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a fun one. So, uh, yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with this collaboration. I'd love to see more come down the pipe with the folks over at Sinusoid. And we very well might, if nothing else, just because I happen to be a fanatic of the color orange. And so does a certain Albie, uh, who is also a fanatic of orange. So we've gotten along famously. And I think there's there's going to have to be more about this. We need to get drinks with Albie and all them together. Oh, definitely. Yes, I think so. Well, speaking of orange, have you seen my new guitar, Andrew? I have. Yeah, it's, it used to be Fiesta Red and then it aged. I got, um, so for everyone listening, I traded in my 1962 Jazzmaster AVRI reissue uh, and my Gibson ES-135, both of which I love dearly, but just didn't give them the attention they deserved. For a 1967 Coronado II. Um, I got it down at Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar yesterday. Rick and I went to enjoy $2 a slice pizza week. I'm like, well, we're right by Mike and Mike's. And we go in. I fall in love with a guitar, of freaking course. And uh, go home, get some trade-in stuff. And now it's mine. And I am just so in love. Yay. Yeah. But um, I've had... I've been... (sighs) super busy just like stupid busy i just got back from nashville uh where i played a show with michelle sullivan and the all night boys opening up for reckless eric and i want to give a shout out to uh east side music supply and uh, everyone who worked there including the woman whose name i have forgotten but it was she was very sweet she listens to the podcast um she was going to remind me of her name and then she did not and uh but that place is awesome if you're in nashville they just have so much so many pedals just like their wall of pedals is enviable and they cram it on such a small space but uh their collection of boutique pedals is awesome and they have a lot of great stuff from old blood noise endeavors yeah we love those guys yeah, yeah indeed they, they love them yeah they do they had that um uh the name escapes me the the new vocal processor you all just released ma yes 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 I I hadn't seen one of those in person yet, so that was really neat to to check out. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> our friend Jesse Weiss did the artwork for that. He's actually out of Portland. So. Oh wow! Really? Oh, nice. Yeah, kind of your neck of the woods, right? Pacific yeah. Northwest represent. Yeah, just three hours south. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, on Instagram, he's Jesse did this. If you've ever seen all the paintings of like, they're like kind of photorealistic paintings of effects pedals, and he'll trade people the painting for the pedal. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so we actually he's done kind of our whole line of pedals that way, and then we finally got to collaborate on a pedal with him. So really that's like, awesome. I'm yeah. giving him a follow right now. Yeah, cool. That's really cool. Aw, doggy. That olive. That's yeah. olive. Yeah. There's yeah. somebody outside. Nice. Yeah. Aw, <laughs> cute. All right. So, um, yeah. Anything else new for you, Andrew? <laughs> Uh, nothing in the gear world, although I did, I get, I did get a little geeky and I installed, uh, sort of a, a, a DNS server in my home network called a Pi Hole. Uh, ah. which, oh, is that with the Raspberry Pi? Yeah, yeah. So it's with the Raspberry Pi. Basically what it does is it functions as the address book for my home network. 
and it conveniently forgets the address to all of the ad websites. So when I go to load up any given website, and you usually get all the websites in the sidebars, uh, it just loads up as blank, which is so essentially works as an ad blocker. But instead of flat out blocking the ads, it just straight up doesn't find the ads. So it's Andrew, why are you screwing with my livelihood? <laughs> you can there's a there's a there's a dashboard built into the program where I can whitelist certain sites for artists I want to support. Ah, uh, okay. Can you put in all of my clients in there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. I don't see why not. Uh, hey, thank you. Thanks for being a bro. No, for the most part, it's not the ads from the things that we'd normally like purchase that I'm more concerned about. It's more of the oh. what else those ads are doing like data tracking and whatnot and got, got mm -hmm. my little tinfoil hat on but anyways uh it was a really fun project uh the raspberry pi was a gift and uh, i think i'm putting it to good use awesome good for you very cool um yeah so i also have um i took a, a slow week from demos i didn't film any in the past seven days but i just did a bunch this weekend uh so i'll have a couple demos from fender pedals um including their reflecting pool which is so sick looking very cool and it sounds really cool i like it a lot i wish um there i have there are some like opportunities with it for sure um but one thing that i think is just really neat is the leds and and the knobs so you can see what your settings are in the yeah. dark which is kind of cool um i like that stereo though i wish the stereo was more apparent um but i i think it's a great pedal i'm probably going to put it on my little flyboard for touring with the Shram and Iridium and rock on. And also um, I filmed a beast of a demo for the Dr. Scientist Atmosphere. Uh, it will be launching. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 19th, it'll be launching tomorrow, um, Wednesday, the 20th. So keep an eye out. It's long. It's great. I go through everything that I can think of going through. Hey, that's a cool pedal. Yeah. Everything about it's cool. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to make a bag of popcorn and like pour a beer and just like kick back and watch it on the big screen. Hey, that's what I was doing when I was editing it. That just sounds kidding, just like not. a quality, like chill and just zone out everything in reverb kind of time. Yeah, it was nice. Um, but I hear you all um, have something new up your sleeves. Yeah. <clears throat> Indeed, we do. We do. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, do you want to talk I, I hope you guys can imagine the look on my face right now because I look like a kid in a candy shop going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> if you feel like uh, it. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, it's a it's a pedal called Minim. And uh, if you're listening to this on the 19th, you probably can't find any information about it. But it's uh, it, so... Some people may be familiar with the the Rever pedal that we uh, collaborated with Dataquire on over the last year. Yeah, yeah. And Everybody loves that pedal. <laughs> go on. Shit. Yeah, go on. Sorry. And so <laughs> I'm not uh, giddy so at all. That collaboration is kind of uh, coming to an end, or I guess has come to an end. Uh, and we thought let's kind of explore that same idea of like delay and reverb and reverse and just some of the elements, but like change the voice of everything and kind of build it into its own thing. And so, yeah, Minim is a, it's a reverb and a delay and a reverse. And there's, I mean, I could go into yep. the details yep. on it, but there's just all kind of control over different elements and you can change the speed of the reverse and 
there's like a tremolo built into the reverb that really just oh nice has a really interesting shape to the voice because it's like it's not a harmonic tremolo but it's something almost like it so it's not it's i don't know it's a weird tremolo that just works really well within that reverb that's awesome yeah i when you sent the uh the early press release to me, I was like, this is, yeah, this is, <laughs> I think people are going to be excited about this one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We're excited about it. Yeah. Very excited. So you're announcing that um, this week though? Yes, indeed. Uh, I guess <clears throat> it'll be sometime on the 21st. All awesome. All information will flood forth. So if you're listening to this before Thursday, wait until Thursday, uh, and yeah. you're going to be able to find out all the things that you want. Yeah. Insider information. Yeah. Benefits of listening to podcasts. But not insider trading, which is illegal, and you shouldn't do it. Um, even if you're Martha Stewart. <laughs> Awkward. Whew. Is it? Why? Do you know her? Maybe. No, you don't. <laughs> You'll never know now. I'm sorry. Like, seeing her stuff in a Kmart does not mean you know her. Damn it. Are, are there still any Kmarts? That's a good question. There was one in Nashville that I was convinced was a drug front. Because it was just there, and there was never anybody in the parking lot. You'd go in, and there'd be, like, next to nothing on the shelves. And you're like, how is this here? That That's reasonable. I don't know. I, I do know for a fact that a, a particular uh, restaurant that I used to go to was a drug front. Because I was there at 3 in the morning once, and... A dude on a motorcycle definitely like walked in with a duffel bag, dropped on the counter, and the like cashier went to the back, like came back with another duffel bag, swapped out, and just like no one said a word. It was just like straight up, it just happened. And I'm sitting here like eating my burrito, going, ah. "Am I gonna get shot for just witnessing that?" Or <laughs> no, sure it's just like like a fraternity Postmates. Like no, that was la- <laughs> daily laundry delivery, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something was yeah. definitely laundered, that's for sure. Aha, but I'm chick. Thank you for setting me up for that. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> that was good but, team effort. I mean, it really could have been laundry. Indeed. Somehow, I don't think it was, but... Uh, oh, come on, be it, not believe in the best in people. I don't know, I feel like that... So, not to get like really depressing and all that, but it was actually like my birthday when that happened. And I was, it was college, and I was just trying to, like, get some friends to go with me, and none of them wanted to. So I was just sitting there, like, eating a burrito by myself on, on my birthday, and that happened. It was like the universe gave me something, at least something somewhat entertaining. Did you cry into that burrito? Because I probably would have. A little bit, but mostly because it was 3 in the morning, and I had paper due at, like, 8 a.m. Ugh. You should have followed them. That definitely was a That's how you die. I went to school in LA. That was not recommended. <laughs> this is like a week after another student got like uh, got mugged at knife point right outside the same restaurant. And I was like, but they've got good food, so I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. To <laughs> mm, yeah, no, I just stopped going there. Yeah, don't follow. Don't, don't follow people. Just generally don't. Totally. Don't do it. Don't follow them. Yeah. Except yeah. follow people on Instagram like our sponsors. Yes. Who are our sponsors? Andrew, I set you up for that. Our sponsors are Old Blood Noise Endeavors. Oh, wow. Or OB&E, which is much better than PG&E. It's a, it's a California joke. 
Uh, moving on. Uh, Old Blood Noise Endeavors is our uh, is our sponsor for this episode, and they are so kind to have joined us for this episode, which is extra rad, and I'm a super huge fan of that. Uh, they make super cool stuff. If you like, if you like making sounds, but weird ones, and I guess normal ones. If you just like making sounds, that that's my pitch here. If you like making sounds, Old Blood Noise Endeavors is for you. Go check out their website. Uh, follow them on Instagram. Go. You know what? Treat yourself. You deserve something. Go buy one of their pedals. You will not regret it. Everything they touch is gold. Mm, that's true. I have just been in awe of uh, the things that you all have, have built over the years. Like the, the uh, is it the excess? Oh. Yeah. I like I like that one. I think Julian Baker likes it too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Stepping yeah. down from my, uh, my radio voice a little bit here. Seriously, you guys do some really cool stuff. And I'm a huge fan of any brand that somehow takes what everybody else would look at and say, oh, that's a conventional effect. And then turn it into something weird and beautiful and cool all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mad respect. And I'm a fan of everyone uh, of you guys for pulling that kind of stuff off. Yeah. So really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and if you're listening right now, go to oldbloodnoise.com, enter the code GETOFFSET at checkout to save 10% on your order. So, um, what are you drinking, everybody? <laughs> um, Dan brought me this great, um, I just finished it, actually. Uh, it's the Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. Pumpkin, yeah. Oh, nice. It's the season. Yeah. Dogfish Head does great stuff. Yeah, I, their pumpkin ale is is my favorite yeah. of the of the pumpkin ales. I was actually nice. about to text you guys and ask what you were drinking. <laughs> I saw a picture. <laughs> I'm sad I'm not there in the room. Aww. Yeah, Aww. we're sad you're not. We're sad you're not here too. Well, there'd be less pumpkin ale for you if I was there. <laughs> it's true. To it's be a- fair, it's pumpkin ale. <laughs> pumpkin. pumpkin. To be fair, it's pumpkin. That's how Dogfish Head spells it. It's true. To be fair, and the fact that I know that without even looking at the packaging does not mean I have an issue with craft beer. Of course not. It just no, means you paid attention to something. Yeah, totally. That's fine. That's fine. I'm drinking um a a rhubarb cider that I picked up at a the oldie Chuck's Hop Shop up the street. It sounds like you nice. put ice in your cider. I, you know, I just I've been drinking it kind of slowly. Yeah. Uh, one because it's good, and two because it's kind of sweet, and I don't like to drink sweet things that quickly. Um, is it in a can I, right now or a glass? It's in a glass okay. that says Gustav, and I'm not. I think my parents brought me this from Cincinnati. Gotcha. That's yeah. I can I can hear the tinkling. Yeah. Yeah. Tink- I think it was um. Tad and Steve from the Hold Steady told me to put ice in my cider once, just once, and it was a different cider, and I did it, and I was glad I did. It's so good, yeah. Someone introduced me to that a couple of years ago, and that's how I like it. Yeah, <clears throat> I do too. It's nice. Never been a yeah. cider person, really, which is yeah. surprising. My sisters are really into it, so I usually have it when I'm with them. I've dabbled I've... in it, but it's just. It... I, I tend to gravitate towards the drier ones because the sweet ones can yeah. just be a lot to take in. Yeah, I don't like the sweet ones. I like the tart and the dry. Um, my my go-to locally is the Seattle Cider Company Semi-Sweet because I find their dry to be too dry. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't really like beer. So cider is typically my next go-to in a bar because bar wine is usually not good. 
Yeah. No. So I'll do cocktails. But if it's like um not all not all bars here or anywhere have liquor. I guess. I I tend to really like uh what Schilling does in terms of local I, to Seattle. We need cider. to go to that. We need to go to that tasting room. Let's do it. Yes, let's. Let's let's. Yeah, I've got uh they've got a chai spice cider out right now that's crack. So, but that's not what I'm drinking. I I'm drinking a a, a different fall drink with my own twist on it. So I'm having a hot it's toddy. A hot toddy. I knew it's it. Toddy, but. Uh, I do hot toddies a little bit differently. Instead of just hot water, I do tea. And not what just tea? any tea, uh, specifically sleepy time tea. Oh, I know that sounds weird, but it's a blend of lemongrass, uh, chamomile, and peppermint. And the way it plays off of the bourbon and the lemon and the honey is just, it's so cozy. So you're going to be going to fall off around the 40 minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. It's just missing some melatonin yeah. in there. Melatonin <laughs> ice cubes. Dude, man, you put a Do you all have, do a Benadryl have you all done melatonin? Chaser on that. Done, oh gosh. Done melatonin. I, <laughs> done. <laughs> like it's a drug. Are we in middle school? Like let's do hard <laughs> drugs like adults, guys. Come on. You mean no, every everyone in my band who has take has like been like, Don't do melatonin. <laughs> everyone in my band. It's like our band apparently we have one official rule, it's don't do cocaine. And the but meth, totally fine. Uh, 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 no, uh, <laughs> hard drugs. Don't do hard drugs. Um, but we always say cocaine is the joke because that's the one that usually exists backstage. Right. And uh, the unofficial one is don't take melatonin because you're gonna have some sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah, I've been taking melatonin lately. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I've been starting those super early shifts at work, and I've just been having it. I'm a night owl, and so. The first couple of weeks of doing the early shift, I was still staying up to like 10 or 11 and like hating life the next morning when I had to get up at four. So I've started taking it. It forced me to go to sleep earlier. Now that I'm settling into it, I've been sleeping a lot better, but then I've, I'm trying to stop taking it and I just can't sleep. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. No, that sounds bad, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dreams have started to kick in this week that I was like, oh, it didn't give me bad dreams for the first two weeks. And it's been like, oh, snap. So uh, have you kept a dream uh, journal? Uh, I don't, but I can probably describe in detail my dreams from the last seven nights. Oh, Let's do that three, the rest of the yeah. podcast. That's, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that is the podcast I signed up for. Right. Three it's of those nights hard. involved yeah. me getting fired for absolutely no reason whatsoever and being frightened. <laughs> but, you know. What are your teeth, right. what are your teeth like in these dreams? What are, what are your teeth doing? Yeah, let's hear about yeah. your teeth dreams. Yeah, we're good. Gonna... So in these dreams specifically, what are your teeth doing in these dreams? Yeah, Seth, they fall Seth out your do you head? have your, your dream index guide dude that is that is uh on the shelf in my in my bathroom above my toilet still brady got me that for my birthday oh, is it? years ago yeah that's like a dream dictionary what, yeah what does well, it mean tell- when you constantly get fired in your dreams oh you're probably afraid of getting fired yeah <laughs> is there but is there like an animal present yeah during the firing no or do you have like body parts Revealed falling or falling off? Yeah, no. Okay. Did well, you forget you signed up for a class in college, and then it's it's the finals? Oh, I have that dream still. No, I have I that had dream that a lot. College. Still, yeah. Yeah, I that still was, have that dream. Like I or like I would go to the first school class and then just like forget to go to it and get an email saying this is due and it's like forty percent of your grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
My most recurring dream is it, they always involve pregnancy, and I'm I, I don't have any kids. I've never been pregnant. I it's just like those are like all the nightmares I've had. It's just yeah, that's pregnant. Real. Like <laughs> oh, real. I have those dreams. Yeah, I had a dream the other night that I was pregnant, like four months along, and that I had known I had been pregnant the whole time, and that I'd still like I would just occasionally forget, and then I would drink a lot of alcohol. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I've had a uh, waking nightmare recently where I thought that we would have another kid. Waking nightmare. Like sleep paralysis? No. Or were you just awake for it and just like waiting for the pregnancy test? Uh, awake paralysis. Oh. There, there you go. Wake paralysis. Wake paralysis. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's cool. I'm drinking a, a Coop Alpha Hive. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Describe it's it to me. Coop, it's Alpha Hive Double IPA by Coop Ale Works, based out of wow. Oklahoma City. Yeah, it and is what a hops um, are used in it. It is oh, a nine point one percent, one hundred IBU, as you expect from a double. Yep, uh, it's got a uh, uh, a delicate bee crafted orange blossom honey from Northern California, a sting of dankness, uh, floral notes, and many compelling. Nuances, um, you know, yeah, just your weird. usual. What's the hot bill? What's the hot bill? I want to know. I don't know. They don't have it on here. <laughs> oh, I hate when they don't have the stuff on the can. <laughs> Kills me. Yeah, it's a good one. That one only comes out seasonally. Yeah. Ale with honey is how it's. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. always a good choice. I think they put. Ooh, isn't that just mead? Honey. I accidentally bought. I accidentally bought mead a few weeks ago, and there's. How still do you like- accidentally <laughs> buy mead? Because it was next to the ciders, and <laughs> I think you can only get it from the pirate, huh. right? Like, the, the, when you bought it from the pirate, did you? <laughs> or the like person the the Well, Seattle has quite the pirate population, okay. so I, our our hot plate. No, really, there's like a pirate parade every summer. It's a Wait, it's a thing. What? It's part of Seafair. The Seafair Pirates. How did I not? I've been here for how long, and I didn't know that. Ask your wife. Ask your wife about the Seafair Pirates. I will. Once Rick and I were biking to West Seattle and we biked past them all prepping prepping one of their floats for their pirate parade and they were all in costume and I was like, this is weird. And it's like Alan Tudyk <laughs> like what, in pirate costume at the front of the parade like leading everybody or? Oh, if only Rick would have been, should have been worried if that had been the case. <laughs> oh, look at that. Mm. No. Uh, so it was sitting next to the ciders in the cooler at the Chucks. And um, yeah, can you tell I lived in the South for too many years? Because I'm calling everything the the Chucks. Uh, and I said, oh, like, this is Marionberry. I, I just saw Marionberry and grabbed it. I'm like, ah, I'm in a rush. And then I crack one open. And I, I almost did a spit take. I'm like, the, the F is this. Wow. I hate it. No, stop making the fake meow sound. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> You're the one who said the F word in that one episode. You're throwing out you the meow algorithm. The meow algorithm. Is that what you have? Like, a plus You have like an algorithm that listens for curse words, and it's the meow algorithm that just replaces the curse word with the meow. Oh, I, I wish. I think we need to get a uh, software to hire on Dan that. to. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> It's a project in the pipeline. We'll uh, yeah. look for 2022. 
I need you guys to make a Miku, a Miku type pedal that instead of the weird Miku sounds, it's cat meows. Cat <gasps> yeah. Wait, why haven't I ever thought of that? That's a good idea. I, I have I no idea how trill. to make it, but you guys should do it. I need the cat trills. I need the yowl. You can have I, a beagle bark in there for some reason. I need yeah. the hiss. Ooh, the hiss. Definitely the hiss. That yeah. that's gonna have to be part of some like metal breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you definitely clipped. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Of oh it. no, no, it looks good. I can see waveforms are looking good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Andrew and I we always have much more animated waveforms than guests, but I I go through and I I um yeah. increase the audio as necessary. I'm glad that I can't see my waveform because I'm kind of analyzing like how much everyone is talking based on this like scrolling waveform. And <laughs> so I'm glad I can't see how much I am or am not engaging. Not too much, not too much. Um, so I, I feel like maybe now might be a good time to get into the, the meat of the episode, the topic. Okay. Of yes. which we don't officially have one, I suppose. <laughs> no, um, so we really wanted to talk to you all. I mean, Andrew and I kind of have just a few different questions about uh, your company as a whole because we're big fans. Um, all of my favorite pedal brands really are are the ones who make just the the weirdest stuff. Um, so Andrew and I both love brands like you all, Earthquaker. I love Dwarfcraft devices. Uh, currently, Bookworm Effects is one of my favorite favorites period right now mm -hmm. um and the what you all have in common is that you 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 really seem to think outside of standard limitations and outside of cloning things outside of just imitating someone else's sound or brand i mean things like um like the chorus pedal with the distortion circle in it it's i mean distortion um circuit in it so. sure <laughs> Uh, circle would have been oh, better, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I liked the sound of that. I was like, did yeah. we make that distortion uh, circle? Could... What's it? What would a distort? It would be a flat circle, right? Like yeah. time. <laughs> there you go. That <laughs> common Sorry. theme that comes up. A flat circle, so. like the Earth. <laughs> uh, you didn't watch True True Detective, did you, Andrew? I didn't. No. Oh. All right. You guys want to go back to what we're drinking? Because I got another drink. Uh, yes. <laughs> Dan, can I get another drink? Absolutely. What, uh, what do you want? We have, uh, I've got the New Belgium uh, IPA in there. There's more pumpkin nails and a founder's porter. I'm going to go get that IPA. <laughs> um, Blake just brought me, he just showed up at my house and just brought me a stone Tropic of Thunder Lager. Ooh, that's that cool. one's really good. I've had that it, one. I've never had this. This is phenomenal. Stone hey. does consistently great work in there. One of the larger... Uh, breweries that insist on maintaining their craft status, which I fully support. Or their but, independent but aren't they owned by somebody else, though? Uh, last I checked, Stone was fully family and independently owned. Am I wrong on that? I'm going to Google it. Stone Brewing? Um, Is that San Diego? Yeah. Stone Brewing Company? This is good derailment. Um, <laughs> they are... Uh, uh, I do know that they uh, just uh, the courts decided in their favor in the Keystone uh, court case. They're suing Keystone because Keystone was marketing as just stone. 
for a little bit there with their uh, billboard advertising. Oh, that's right. And I think K-Stone would have been good. So I know that was K- the thing with Stone. Emily, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, who owns them? Brewdog, a multinational brewery Ooh, and pub chain really? in LA, Scotland. Yeah. They sold in 2014. Yeah. No, 2019. They just, it's very recent, 2019. But Brewdog's for the punks, anyways. So they're for still the still against the establishment. Strategies for punks. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm particularly salty about uh, the corporate beer industry taking over the craft beer industry as of this week because uh, Red Hook just got bought out by uh, Anheuser-Busch this week. Oh, wow. That's just a, finally? Really, but they always really had a stake in They've had a stake in them for years and years and years. They've had yeah, a 33% but, stake in them, but that's different than them owning the whole dis, um, yeah. family of brands. Yeah, well, Red uh, Hook uh, beer is total meow. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they are local local to Seattle. Oh, thank you. I have no identity for them. Sorry, that Told was just yeah. Man, Red Hook's fine. That was just a good call. You guys back. have a different experience because we like like beer has been such a wild west in, in Oklahoma specifically. Like mm. all these laws have really changed over the last 10, 15 years, but really within like the last five years too, like we were only able to have like low alcohol beer and unrefrigerated beer. Um, What? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of companies wouldn't distribute to Oklahoma because they would have to, their beer that's being shipped cold would then have to be put in a hot truck and then stored in a hot warehouse. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what, how beer was here until like, the last year-ish, last year and a half, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's really changed. Oh, wow. here. So we've we've had the experience of like you know driving to other states to get like you know like going in with friends and getting batches. It's like a real hunt for good beer. Yeah, or sometimes. like a legal mail order, and I never did anything like that. But you know, lots of illegal. I didn't. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just for the record, none of us have done yeah, that. Yeah, I've definitely never done. That. Statue of limitations. That's right. Done it. Yeah. I definitely have done that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I haven't done that. See, I'm from Cincinnati, which is a German, the most German city in America. Mm. So there is never a shortage of beer in Cincinnati. Yeah. All kinds of beers and Oktoberfests and more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, are we done talking about beer? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. So we were talking about pedals. Let's, yeah. yeah. So I guess I was just hoping you all could tell us a little bit about your, your creative process and if there was like a point where you decided early on that you didn't just want to make clones and what everyone else was doing or try to replicate anybody else's sound. Yeah, I think um, I think that that's been at the forefront of where we how we approach pedals. Um, I, there's nothing that we really discussed and like, I'd say in the first few years, it was Seth and I primarily making those decisions. And then within the last couple of years, Dan is like the principal, um, mind behind creating the sounds. So I think we always sort of look for something that hasn't been done before, but it probably knowing that it probably has, but something that we feel is unique. Um, it doesn't feel good just setting out to clone something at this point. Um, and I think, yeah, 
Old Blood has sort of approached that from the beginning. And thinking even further through that thought, you know, the excess is like a pretty close, I would almost say, homage (laughs) to uh, the Ibanez Session Man series. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's pink, it's chorus and delay with distortion and it's like it's a was a weird goofy effect back then and it's a great effect now and i just Especially man was the rat and chorus right yeah correct and or delay as yeah, well they had, they had, yeah, it was like they had, session man one and two they, right it was one. So yeah there were two, two different delay. session man pedals session i'm man. only familiar with one. Oh, crazy yeah i had no idea what is it s at SS10 and SS20 or something. But yeah. Uh, and but even in that that's screen, not that's why we Yeah, that pink pink and orange and Yeah, sorry. We didn't really Yeah. Oh. And those are fun sounding pedals, but we kind of wanted to make this um a comprehensive unit that captured some of those things and and also yeah. not thinking like oh this is going to sell a thousand units but it's thinking like this is really fun pedal and the yeah, right sort of, the right people are going to get it like mm-hmm. bringing back an idea from the 80s too instead of like you know like these two session man pedals are a lot of fun let's see if we can kind of capture the sounds of both of them and expand on that a little bit and put it all in one box mm-hmm. for like a modern production pedal yeah so it's still different from that idea of you know just cloning something mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. and i know you all pretty recently released that um white cap dual tremolo too which i'm a huge fan of dual tremolos i love that twin stags um, mm-hmm. From Dwarfcraft, yeah, uh, and yours has the has has two switches on it, which is nice. And they don't make the twin stags anymore, which is sad mm-hmm. for me. Well, I, I mean, I have one. I'm sad for other people, I should say. So that's really cool too. Um, how did that one come up come about? If you don't mind me asking about specific pedals. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. That's, yeah, that's the <laughs> longest story. That's like a twelve year old story. <laughs> Really, um, Brady? Yeah, Brady. Do you want to field at least portions of that? I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Blake just popped his head in because he just got tagged in for kid duty, and I muted my mic and I didn't hear that one thing. I was right. trying really hard to listen with both no ears. Hi, I'm so sorry. This is bad podcast etiquette. Oh, it's fine. We were just asking about the story behind the white cap. The white cap. Okay, yeah, that's fun. The curse of the white cap. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Um, white cap. So I worked at Walrus Audio from 2011 to 2014. And I'll, I'll note that Seth, although didn't work for Walrus Audio, worked for a parent company that helped with a lot of the things for walrus audio dan as well did that so we've all kind of been in the same uh working environment universe sometimes working directly sometimes not back then um but that's a tangent 
the uh, the white cap was the original idea for the walrus tremolo. Um, oh, they're a mo- monument. Well, no, no, no. it was it was. A, I'm sure the monument is a hundred percent its own tremolo. thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. it as far as like approaching a design or an idea for a pedal, like the white cap was. Uh, when I was there, that was what was going to be our tremolo pedal. Um, not the white cap that we put out as old blood, but just the idea of like, all right, we'll put out a tremolo pedal and it'll do this, this, and this, and it'll be called the white cap. And we had artwork, we had concepts, we had, I don't know prototypes one and two and it just never came to fruition while i was there um even before i left i got a tattoo of the artwork on my body which is the artwork's great it's by a guy named nathan price yeah um, nice who who used to do all of the walrus artwork back then but um yeah and so it kind of just got shelved I think is what happened. And we started old blood years later. Um, we're looking at making a tremolo pedal and we're like the white cap, the name and concept, like it still holds up. Walrus hadn't done that or they had just put out the monument and done their own thing, which is great. But, um, so I, I asked Colt over at Walrus, like, do you have any ties to this name and branding and stuff that we had bouncing around back then? And he said that he didn't. So we kind of continued from there. Uh, and then what did we do? Like, say it was ready when it was 90% ready mm. at Summer Nam yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then couldn't couldn't get that last 10%. Really, it's just noise issues. We couldn't mm-hmm. clean it up. And so Dan started doing more design stuff around that time and took on the project and worked with um, another guy that, that works for us named Isaac to to sort of create a good digital and analog hybrid for a tremolo. And that's what the white cap became. So it really was a an idea, a fluid idea, probably for the last eight years. Wow. Which is so dumb because, <laughs> yeah. because it's a tremolo pedal. You know, it's not like <laughs> like we were bouncing around like a way to soften the blow of diabetes in children or something no for the past decade no, we weren't doing that we were trying to figure out how to make uh diabetes diabetes trying to figure out how to make waveforms uh less noisy when they go from loud to quiet yeah hey so you know. but the how the white cap turned out is great so i'll, I'll be quiet now dan you can say whatever you want but <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, very I mean, proud of where we wound up with it. Yeah, I think that was it felt like a wild story even from the point where I got involved 
to the point where it got released. So just the entire, what, eight-year history is pretty crazy. But yeah, it was, it was really fun to work on with Isaac because we kind of cordoned off into our own worlds where he made an analog tremolo, I made a digital tremolo, and then we just mashed them together and worked together to get them working alongside each other, basically. So it was just a very, very collaborative process where, you know, the idea came from Brady and Seth and got passed to Isaac and I to work on and got passed around the shop to resolve, you know, those noise issues and confirm we're past 90% on this, right? If we reveal it, then it will actually release it this time. And, uh, and we did. And yeah, it sounds really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's quite the saga. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a saga. <laughs> that's a good way to put that. But, uh, was it worth it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, we only sold like five of them. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think, um, and that was like and one I to Dan, them. one to me, one to Seth. So yeah. there's like two customer units out there. <laughs> so, you're saying, so you're saying I can get unit number six if I want? Mm-hmm. Please. Probably. We might Please. discontinue it before then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, and it'll be so limited. In five years, it'll sell for a thousand dollars a unit. It won't. But um, no, it's 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 great. It's going great. There's, it's feels like one of those things. And we have to remember this with every um, pedal that we put out. That's like, like this is a tremolo pedal. This is a fuzz pedal. This is a delay pedal. Like sometimes they just take a little while to. Um, for people to be ready to try a new type of that effect, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, and so we've, we've seen the white cap, like people be more and more interested in it over the last couple months, which has been really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and actually, I definitely I, understand what you're saying there. What uh, with people being slow to come around and try new versions of an effect. Mm-hmm. I think another example of that kind of phenomenon of people being like, but this is what I'm used to is uh, the, the game changer audio uh, plasma distortion. Yeah. And you've got two camps of people. Some people are like, whoa, that's actually something new. It's innovated. It's got a very usable sound. And everybody else is like, oh, this sounds like <laughs> this doesn't sound like anything like whatever. I've ever never heard. This Wait, you don't you don't smells like me. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I, I'm speaking for other people here. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> no, but like in all in all seriousness. Yeah, though, wait, wait, I, I, Andrew, are you okay, man? You <laughs> piss me the f- okay. off when you swear. God, damn it. oh no, it's a sleepy time tea. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, You've been asleep for five minutes. It's the whiskey. It's 100 the sleepy time tea with mm-hmm. the uh, the 800 grams of melatonin I snuck in there. Um, no, melatonin but in all ice cubes though, like are I, I, copyrighted. <laughs> Patent pending. <laughs> I'm dead, guys. I can't. Um, no, but I I know exactly what you're talking about there, though, because people like they they like to push back on anything that they're not used to. And on one hand, I totally understand the the very innate human uh, impulse to fear what you don't understand. But there's the other part of you. It's like. <laughs> That's different. I want to check that out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you played the plasma, Andrew? I haven't, but I've spent more time than I'd like to admit watching demos of it. Well, when we go to recovery, Greg has one. So he does. Yeah, he has got everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I got to I got to spend some time I got to spend some time with the game changer uh, synthesizer uh, that they're working on. It's like made out of drone engines, and so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Was eight, oh, what was that called? Eight drone engines. I saw that at the same time. It was really really fun. Um, yeah, I think I think we're definitely drawn to things like that. We're drawn to other manufacturers that do things like that. If have you ever spent time with like the Empress Zoya, like? You can just get lost in things like that. And that's, I mean, that's well beyond even the things we're trying to create. But um, I think that's what we're primarily interested in is kind of mm-hmm. trying to approach from a different angle or, you know, enter the room from a completely different door. Yeah. For sure. And I like how you, you all do such weird stuff with such seemingly endless possibilities without using screens and all that stuff that is just beyond my pay grade i don't know emily just get a helix no <laughs> oh that's a pet peeve of mine someone's like you can do all the helix i'm like i don't want a no, screen <laughs> but you, well, but you really want... can there really is that is a, a really it's just a different interface basically but you yeah right really rad i mean here i go argue uh ranting against new things right after i defend the idea of exploring new things <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I just think that points to the human experience. Yeah. I think that it it surprises me. Like, I love tremolo. I mean, I come from a a country music background in a a lot of ways. And um, it surprises me that it doesn't seem... I thought everyone likes tremolo. And then I found out that there's people who love it and people who hate it and not really a whole lot in the middle. Yeah. It's usually the first thing you bump off your board when you're looking for real estate. Oh, I mean. Yeah, I guess. Oh. I mean, I mean, that's I true for modulation in general. <laughs> I mean, for me, like I have one gain pedal on my board. <laughs> I don't really want more than one dirt pedal ever. Boom. You guys, you guys have a pedal board? Yeah, I have a pedal picnic basket. Yeah. I have I have a uh, seven seven full shelves of pedals right now. It's embarrassing. It it really is a common phrase at the shop, like. Is Seth's basket here? <laughs> when you're like looking for something, because he's got his yep. picnic, his picnic basket. He'll bring I back and forth with pedals. Basket, that's pretty cute. Yeah, I. I'm imagining showing up to a gig with just like a, a power supply and a basket of pedals, and then just sitting there right before sound check, uh, looming it all together. Yeah, I did that for a couple of years. It's actually pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have thought that I used to show up to uh, to Sunday morning gigs with uh, all of my pedals in a couple of plastic bags, like grocery bags. That was pretty Ew. lame. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Abu. <laughs> I support I, I that. I just owned it. Or maybe, bag. maybe like a really greasy paper bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. smelled like whatever i was cooking it's like one yeah. one corner of your heaviest pedal is sort of poking out of it yeah it's like oh yeah last night i ordered tamales and today i'm using reusing that bag reuse and there's a tamale still in there <laughs> yes right mm. oh mm. man i want tamales i like your style yeah yeah all right so if i may steer the conversation a little bit here guys uh so one of the th- the concepts I'm particularly fascinated with the gear industry is this idea of collaboration. It's not necessarily something that we see in a whole lot of other industries in the capitalist world that we live in, uh, given the idea that, you know, we're all 
in a sense, we're, com- we're competing for each other's uh, profits and this, that, and the other thing. There's actually skin in the game here. But I think something that I find really fascinating, really rad about the gear industry is that uh, different companies do collaborate with each other, some more than others. And you guys have done that a handful of times. And I'm really curious to hear what has that experience been for uh, been like for you guys i mean what have you liked what have you not liked uh i mean i i think it's super cool but i, I want to hear your perspective on that because it's something that i think is really worth digging into as we uh continue to dig into an ongoing theme of the podcast of cultivating the community that is the gear world and kind of trying to push for that to be a better place where we all get to collaborate and be friends yeah i bet i bet all three of us could probably offer a different perspective in answering that question. <clears throat> that I'll say so really that, quick, yeah, uh, right. Andrew, I'm still, I'm, I'm still drinking that Tropic of Thunder lager. <laughs> Seth, go ahead. Oh, I finished my cider. Uh, oh, I, I'm out of uh, toddy. Mm. Well, that being said, I, I would say hot toddy, but it got cold. Cold toddy. That's because you put ice wait, cubes in So it. in Seattle, wait, wait, the, the collaboration though. Okay, sorry. Dan, you should leave it off. okay um yeah i mean we've had the opportunity to do some really incredible collaborations that each are kind of shaped differently so like the rever collaborating with data choir was really interesting because kathy was able to come to us with a sonic idea and say is this something you can engineer and then we went from there i like developed a couple prototypes to send off to her and she said you know i like these elements i don't like these elements how can we further shape it and it sort of started with her sonic idea and then became this really great collaboration of voices across both data choir and old blood and then you can also look to the mood pedal that we worked on with uh, chase bliss and drollo and that was just honestly both of those experiences were just pretty delightful to get to work with really talented people with great ears and just really interesting ideas of where sound can go. But I think with the the mood, it was definitely a, a different idea of we were sort of tasked with one side is going to be a micro looper. The other side is going to be about real time delays. Given that information, go for it. And uh, so it was interesting to sort of develop a few algorithms to work on that Chase Bliss platform, especially alongside what uh, what David Rollo was working on. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that. I think they just turned out really well as a result of the number of uh, really great voices involved and how we all had just great respect for each other and could build each other up throughout the entire process. Yeah, and I think that pedal still sold out pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I've so heard that. Yeah, I think there's some back orders. I mean, I around. can't get one. <laughs> it won't be for very long. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm hopeful for my weird ambiance sound. Yeah, yeah. There will there will be more. <laughs> yes. So I gotta do something on my lunch break, and sometimes that thing is making making weird sounds. Sorry, neighbors. That's great. That's a good way to spend your lunch break. Meow, you neighbors. Meow, meow off, neighbor. Meow, meow, off. Now it's they're they're I uh, to talk about other pedal builders. Um, I have or amp builders. I have the Milkman Sound, the amp, and that's what I used to play live now. And I I don't want to go back to lugging an actual amp around. I just don't. Cool. Do you just plug that into a speaker cabinet? 
No, I plug it direct in. Sweet. Yeah, it's. I have a lot more control over my sound than I used to, it seems, uh, which is counterintuitive, but um, true. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, if the PA is there, that's the driving force of what everyone is hearing anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to have the sound guy say, bitch, yeah. turn down your amp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which has never happened. Good. Turn down for what? Like, wait a second. Uh, could, uh, it sounds like that's on the stage, right? <laughs> could, could stage right turn guitar down a little? No, no more of that. Yeah. I don't know, man. Just get a helix. <laughs> helix are cool. Yeah. I'm going to mute. Oh, those, you already muted yourself. Those, Thanks for the intro. <laughs> those line six amps. So you think. The 90s were really cool. What about the late 90s? Oh, there were some line six amps that. I think it was in the late 90s. Oh, I had one of those. Yeah. I had a line six amp. I had the one with the foot, the foot, the foot, um, the unit. Mm-hmm. God, what am I saying? The footboard unit. Right. Yeah. There was a built-in uh, yeah, preset that was called Bats that um, was like a distortion, oh. and it sounded like the uh, punkifier pedal. So. Uh, the uh, avenged sevenfold. Oh, Sounds nice. bad. I hope so. I used the jazz setting on that amp and nothing else. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Which is probably the only person who did that. I don't know why. I don't know how I got that amp. I just got so many weird amps that from my dad always tried so hard to like support my endeavors and I have forever appreciative about it. But now looking back, it's funny that he kept bringing back these, these uh, PV four by twelves and be like, somebody left these in the, yeah. <laughs> at the high school where I work and uh, I'm going to put some, some wheels on it. And like this amp is a hundred pounds. <laughs> the, uh, the first stamp I, I ever had was given to me from my father and, and he purchased it at a pawn shop and it was a PV. Um, I don't know what one by twelve something. Yeah. Oh yeah, mine mine might have been a two by twelve. I just remember it seeming enormous, and it was definitely very heavy. Definitely a little confusing when I showed up at the high school with such a large amplifier. Yeah, I mean, PV is the backbone of American music, especially like teenage American music from the yeah, just millennials. An H and two into the front of the PV. Everything's dimed. Well, in yes, for for the youth culture, but I feel like in Mississippi and Alabama, PV is probably like transcends age. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, the Mississippi Mustang, like the T fifteen. Uh huh. Yeah. I loved I loved that thing until I sold it. <laughs> TV Raptor. Mm. Sorry to throw us off. I there. had a friend. Oh no, go ahead. I had a friend who his favorite. He said his my favorite guitar of all time is a PVT sixty. And mm-hmm. when he was on tour and that guitar guitar got stolen, it pretty much just stopped his music career right then and there. Those were mm. great. Ugh, gear thieves are bastards. Yeah. Collaboration though, um, <laughs> is I was wondering if is a uh, it's a really gear thieves collaborate. In the musicians' live to to help them move on to the next thing, <laughs> uh, which is like a different job. And all right, so collaborating with pedal companies for us is uh, a lot of fun. Do we need to talk about this more, or are we going on to the next question? You guys are being real quiet. 
<laughs> I mean, I just want to hear what you guys have to say. If that's all you've got to say, then that oh, so yeah. be it. But I'm sure we could all speak to that. Yeah, we, I, I, I'm yeah. also a glutton for all the dirty deeds. So, um, I don't know, Seth. You want to go? You want to go? I mean, I think collaboration is just built into the ethos of our company. I mean, Brady and I started the company together because we enjoy working together. I think, uh, I think that <clears throat> that's just part of, you know, uh, before that we've always made music together. You know, we've always collaborated in that way. And we've kind of, I don't know, we complement each other in different ways and, and then realized pretty early on, like, Hey, and if we tap this person, I mean, Dan is so good at this, 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 and this, and he also has the aptitude for screen printing, so we can teach him how to screen print, because I was the one screen printing all the pedals when we started out, and all the product boxes, and then I handed, off, I handed that off to Dan, and now Dan has handed that off to someone else, but um, that's kind of what we do just inside of our office every day, is tons of collaboration between all of the people working there, and so it kind of I, it, I may be born from that we're like from music culture and we're from independent music culture of we've all grown up playing in bands all the people we work with play in bands um, there's kind of that you know i don't know there's a camaraderie there there is a uh, kind of support system and it takes a village sort of vibe built into that and I think we just came from that and it just naturally built itself into our company. And so, and getting to meet uh, Kathy early on um, from Data Choir and, you know, she's, we've collaborated with her on tons of stuff. Uh, she's helped us with uh, like NAM booth layouts and all kinds of things. And we've worked on things for her and it's just been a really fun process. And then, we, you know, for all of the pedal artwork, we contract a different artist, uh, just just about a different artist for every pedal. Um, we have we have one artist uh, who's done art for a couple pedals, but that, like, I, I love collaborating. I think, um, I think in my professional life and as I'm getting older, just as a family person, being in a family, like I spend less and less time actually like creating music and getting to collaborate in that way. And I have this part of my brain that is just like, you know, yearning for that sort of an interaction and definitely is enriched from that kind of interaction. And I feel like I, I kind of get to a further place uh, than I wanted to get on a project if I get to work with someone else and kind of see what their input is and what their vantage point is. And um, so that's, I think that's just always been part of what we do and I love to loop people in and it's like, oh yeah, you're super smart and you're a good person. Let's all work together on this. And so um, getting to work with Joel and Nobs on the mood process was really, really fun. Um, you know, they And had, Andy. Oh yeah, and Andy Osling. He definitely had a ton of um, consulting input. And uh, if you watch like the mood uh the actual video that Chase Bliss put out, like that's those are, that's Andy's song and the intro, like his music on the intro and outro, and oh nice, yeah. And so like with that, like you know, Knobs and uh, Joel from Chase Bliss kind of captured a bunch of footage from their trips from going from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Oklahoma City and Norman, where we are, 
Um, and then also their footage that they captured in Belgium, working with David, um, developing the, the Rolo side. And then they sent all of that footage back to me and uh, we got, I got to edit it all together and then put, put that video together for them. And so the whole process has been collaborative top to bottom. Um, the, and we actually still all chime into the Slack channel from time to time because it was so fun. Like we still, I, we're still kind of wondering what everyone's working on, but um, I really enjoy collaboration. I think I, whatever I'm doing, I like to work with other people and make that part of the process. I love that. That's really beautiful. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting when you were talking about how, uh, like collaboration with music, uh, it was something that you used to do more of and it's gotten harder to do it. Um, I think that's something a lot of people can, can relate to as, as we transition more into an adulthood where we have responsibilities. So like just changing from, like that hobby collaboration to professional things is I think something that I can relate to a lot. <clears throat> um, and I, I'm sure a, a ton of people can. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it seems like just in general, like even just the content creation culture is inherently collaborative and I love that. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And I love, it doesn't seem to be as like, evil competitive as I, I was worried it would be because I'm I'm pretty new to the gear demo di game as far as podcasts go I mean get offsets kind of new we just celebrated one year which was huge for us mm, and this has been you know thank you it's been I am speaking for Andrew here but more successful than uh, we ever imagined it would be um, and it's just been so much fun to uh, be able to speak to the the creators like you all um musicians like uh we had sadie dupuis from speedy ortiz on to just like the people who uh dick around in in their in their basements uh she's cool. a couple times a week sadie she's the best yeah she is, yeah. She is awesome like oh my gosh <sighs> speedy ortiz is so good why don't more people listen to speedy ortiz mm -hmm. one of the sad injustices of the music industry, but no. Um, yeah. So is there anything else that you all just want to, want to talk about anything else you all having have coming up that you want to, you know, uh, tease, I guess, anything you want everyone to go and buy other than a white cap? Well, um, go ahead, Brady. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Hey, Dan, you go ahead. <laughs> What's up? Hey, Dan, go ahead. No, hey, I'll, I'll leave it to you. Yeah, Andrew, uh, Andrew can you take ahead. this one? Okay, Dan. Andrew, Dan, okay. I, thought, I, thought maybe Andrew I think we should. Find, I should. I think we should let John speak. All right, guys. <laughs> okay, John. John, okay. Hey, this is John. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, I know. I want to hear. I want to hear Olive's take on all this. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that was. Chef's guess. The, well, the neighborhood yeah. dogs are uh, are in cahoots with you. They started barking uh, right as you asked the question. <laughs> uh, no, Seth. Really though, you go ahead. Okay. So yeah, we did talk about white cap, and just a tease for next week. If you're listening to this when it comes out, um, uh, we have a variation, sort of a something we're we've messed with and are messing around with. So we talked about how much time got poured into actually developing white cap. And so we kind of, Dan dug a little deeper and called out some other sounds. And so we're going to have something special 
and limited-ish uh, the week after um, this podcast comes out, you know, for the, for the big shopping holiday. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. I like Tremolo more than a human should. Good. Perhaps. Well, so Actually, you know, I think I think I like Tremolo the correct amount, and that everyone else just doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And what what I think I just heard was, uh, uh, I'm going to be broke come December first, <laughs> <laughs> and I may or yeah. may not have paid rent on December first. Oh, Andrew! You should pay your rent. Oh, Andrew! Yeah. You must be a responsible friend. <laughs> That's just the melatonin talking. <laughs> that or, 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 well, no, you're already married, but I really marry gotta... a Rick. I think everyone should marry a Rick. They help with the the, the bill paying. The Ricks do. What's a Rick? I'm gonna. What? I'm sorry. I'm. I. I don't know what a Rick is. Rick's my husband. Oh, okay. He's fantastic. Nice. He's very supportive. He drives my ass around. Uh, he's uh, got something we call the Patsy Taxi. He's pretty much my band's dad. He's the band dad. Uh, <laughs> so actually, I have to hop off in a few minutes here because I have to go put on my stage costume and get ready for a show tonight. Oh, cool. Where are you nice. playing? I'm playing at Barboza uh, at, I guess we're going at 815, but sound checks at 6. So right. Carcosa is lovely this time of year, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, nice. it's it's quite lovely. Uh, you should see. He has quite a handsome uh, little uh, backstage area. That's cool. Andrew, I, last time I played Barbosa, I almost took a picture and sent. I, I took pictures of the real room and sent it to you, but there's like a backstaging area for the gear and, and shit, and it just looks like such a mess. And there's like an unfunctioning pinball machine or something in there. Mm. And I was jokingly told you that was it but i decided to send you the vagina filled walls of the actual barboza backstage room nice nice i'm sorry yeah, I, I was talking about carcosa right? i don't know why i keep i know you are. i'm watching waveforms and i see them drop off and like oh i should say something i don't i keep responding when i don't need to. yeah hearing two guys just say nice no, after that it's not what i was doing i was thinking about i lived in seattle when i was 19 and 20 years old and we would ride our bikes oh. to ballard uh, and oh yeah, that's just south of me. I don't and, think it's uh, still there. We, we would uh, the we would well, uh, we yeah we would we would get usually be able to get a beer there. But they had a they also had a working payphone, um, which wasn't that surprising in two thousand one two thousand two. But it was fun to watch people prank call people with cell phones because um, they would get a payphone and call people's cell phones in the bar, and I would just watch that happen. It was a fun. Something to watch. Oh, I yeah, I and I miss I miss payphones. <laughs> yeah, I feel I like I've too. only ever seen the payphones, and um, I saw them in Cleveland, like a bunch in Cleveland. I don't I don't understand what that was all about. Yeah, they're great. I What's I called my mom phones? from a payphone. What do you mean? What's wrong? They're gone. There's nothing wrong with payphones. Nobody's saying. Do you guys have is. to pee from all the oh, yeah. beer that you've drank yet? No, but it sounds like you might. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess that's yeah. a good place to end. Yeah. At. Um, thank you to Brady, Seth, and Dan from Old Blood Noise Endeavors. Um, follow them on the Instagrams, the social media stuff. Subscribe to their email list. Um, buy their wonderful, wonderful, wonderful pedals. Um, 
I've been using their expression slider in a bunch of my gear demos because it's wonderful um, for, for, for what I'm doing. So if you don't find your, if you find yourself wanting like a little desk option for expression sliders, a lot of people do uh, check that out. It's fantastic. Don't use it with your feet. Um, please like uh, us on the Instagrams and the Facebooks, YouTubes as well. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave us a nice comment and a five-star review. It really, really helps the podcast. Um, if you want to support the podcast more, we have a Patreon and we also have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com. That's my spiel. Uh, I did it as quickly as possible to alleviate the pain. No, but uh, also you can use your feet on the expression sliders. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Really? Okay. All just right. don't I mean, just do, it, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. It's yours. You paid the money. Just do whatever you want. They're like 40 bucks. If I break one, it's my fault. And I'll just get another one for like, that's all right. $40. We'll probably just repair it for free. So it's fine. Oh, <laughs> you're so nice. I mean, that, I should get, I should get too. that's company company policy, but I don't know. Oh, y'all are so nice. Um, Thank you so much. We're really looking forward to the, it's the Minim. Yes. Minim. Yes. Minim. I Minim. I'm saying that right. Minimum, and I look forward to, to trying that one out. Indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, this has been the Get Offset Podcast. Once again, I have been Emily. I'm Andrew. I'm Seth. I'm Brady. Dan. I'm Dan. Whole blood noise and Goodbye. Bye. Bye. One, two, three.